Hey, welcome to the Graceful Warriors Podcast. This is where faith meets fortitude. I'm your host, Monica, and I'm here to walk this journey of life with you. But hello, we have to do it one step at a time. So I am inviting you to join me as we explore the art of gracefully navigating the challenges of this world while staying true to our beliefs and embracing that warrior within. God is calling the body of Christ to rise up. So if you are ready to rise higher and embrace his light, well then warrior, this podcast is for you. Grab your sword and let's dive in. Well, welcome to another episode of the Armor of God. Hey, I'm your host, Monica Hansen, and I hope you guys are enjoying this series. I really have been enjoying it. I've been digging into the Word of God and just, man, talk about an armor. I mean, this is better than any armor that we could possibly think of, even better than like Goliath's armor. And the military, present day military. You know, I love our military. I'm a vet and I know the armor that we have, but this is spiritual armor we're talking about here. So I've been just learning a whole bunch of stuff about the armor and really learning why we must wear it, what is its purpose, and how it is used to defeat the enemies in this dark world. So what purpose do these shoes serve? I mean, can you imagine a fully armed soldier? He has his his sword. We're talking about like, you know, Bible times here, guys. So he has his sword. He has his shield, his helmet, his breastplate, his belt, you know. But as you look down, up and down, and you're sizing him up and you see everything that he's got on. Well, you're like, wait a minute now. His feet are completely bare. The picture probably would seem strange, right? Or just, you would probably stand there and start laughing at this guy. And yes, it should seem strange. Just by thinking about it, we could tell something's missing, right? I mean, who would actually show up? With no boots on, no shoes on, no sandals, tennis shoes, something. But the problem goes beyond just looking odd. See, a shoeless soldier could run into real trouble in the heat of the battle. I mean, of course, unless he's fighting on AstroTurf, right? But that ain't going to happen. He is going to encounter a lot of debris who knows what's out there, uh, you know, shrapnel, broken swords, knives, sharp sticks, sharp rocks, whatever. It may be nothing more than, than twigs and pebbles. But I'm sure, as many of you know, barefoot can cause serious pain. Just a, just the right step or just the right skip or didn't see that rock. I mean, how many times have we all, me included, stubbed our toe on something? The pain that just hits, right? And one of the last things we want to deal with in the middle of a fight 
is actually worrying about where we step. I mean, our life's on the line. We can't go, oh, wait, sorry, I don't have shoes on. Can we go fight over here on the AstroTurf? You know, it just doesn't happen that way. The enemy's going to take full advantage of us. So in short, shoes allow us to step freely and without fear, right? While we turn our full attention to the battle at hand, to the enemy that is looking us straight in the eye, coming full force. So what is this gospel of peace? And are there different gospels in the Bible? Well, let's take a look. Matthew 4, verse 23. And if you have your Bibles, I always tell you guys, if you've been listening with me for a while, you know that I always say, whatever version you use, stick with that. If it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? I always like to use the NIV to help me stay on task. It helps me to keep the flow going. I don't have to sit there and analyze what whoever is trying to say. And I could just get through it quicker. I'm not endorsing the NIV. I'm not endorsing any version over another. I'm just saying this is what I use during my podcasts. So uh, flip over, if you haven't already, to Matthew 4, and it's verse 23. And this is when Jesus is healing the sick, and he's going throughout, and he's teaching everybody. You know, he's spreading the good news, right? And Jesus goes on to say, Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in the synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom. And healing every disease and sickness among the people. All right. There's one. The good news of the kingdom. Now, let's flip over to Mark. Mark chapter 1. That's an easy one. And we're going to go to verse 14. And it says, After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee, proclaiming, the good news of God. Interesting. So now we have the gospel of the kingdom, and now we have the good news of God. Or some of the other versions that you guys have says the gospel of Jesus Christ. All right. So now let's jump over to Acts. I'm getting a little bit of an arm workout today and finger workout today. <laughs> so we're going to go over to Acts chapter 20. Yes, pretty close to the whole act scenario when they took on the evidence of speaking in tongues. Okay, verse 24. And it says, However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. So we have the gospel of the kingdom, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the gospel of the kingdom of God, and then we have the gospel of the grace of God. 
right? I know I'm missing a scripture in there. I probably skipped it and putting, putting it in my notes. So forgive me there. All right. The gospel of peace. These are some of the descriptions attached to the word gospel throughout all of the New Testament, guys. So let me ask you this. Do all these different qualifiers mean that there are multiple gospels set forth in the Bible? I mean, it's a it's a battle out there we already know that people always say, oh, well, we're missing books that are added to the Bible. We have the book of this and the book of that, right? So we all know that, that whole scenario. So in thinking about that and thinking about just what we read and looking at these three passages, does that mean that there are multiple gospels set forth? No. By all means, no. See, there's a Greek word that is trans translating the word gospel. And forgive me for the mispronunciation of this, okay? So, because I know I'm going to, like, mess it all up. So, for you Bible scholars or those people out there that can read these type of words, then, you know, more power to you. But I'm here to tell you, I am not one of them, all right? And it is a Eugelion, Eugelion. Maybe I said it somewhat close. I don't know. But it's E-U-A-G-G-E-L-I-O-N. And it simply means good news. So this raises the next question that I, I bring to you guys. The good news of what? Because we just read in these passages the gospel of Jesus, the gospel of the kingdom, the gospel of the grace of God, the gospel, the gospel, the gospel, all these different ones. See, the first description used in the gospels also summarize all the others. And I had to really look at this and go, okay, they got a point here. When, when I was asked this question, and it summarizes the gospel of the kingdom. See, the good news of the kingdom of God includes the good news about Jesus. He's the king. The good news is his grace. The good news is his plan of salvation for all mankind. So the plan gives us peace and it will bring peace to the whole world. So in reality, the message of God's people are eager to, to share with others. Our loving Father is preparing us all for a future beyond imagination and description. I mean, we can't even fathom God's kingdom. We read in Revelations all the descriptions of, of all the different gems of the colors that he uses in there, but to actually picture it, we, we can't. It's beyond us. So, what does the gospel of peace have to do with shoes? I mean, seriously. You know, when I started reading Ephesians, when I was going through each one of this, and let's flip over there really quickly. In Ephesians 6, let's go back over there. 
And I have been noticing. Let's uh, let's start in in thirteen, the very beginning of it. Uh, it says, "Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to what stand your ground." Do you stand on your knees? Do you stand on your hands? No. Do we stand on our head? Well, yes, sometimes we do, but that's not what we're talking about here, are we? <laughs> no. It says, stand your ground. And then it goes on to say, and after you have done everything else, if you've been praying, if you've been worshiping, if you've been fighting for the kingdom, what does he say? After everything else, to stand. Now, not only does he just say it twice in one verse, he goes to the next verse and he goes, so stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist and with the breastplate of righteousness in place. Oh, but wait, there's more. Verse 15. And with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. So what is he telling us then? Our feet are very, very much important as far as this battle and the armor. We have to stand against the spiritual forces of evil in all of the heavenly realms. We can't cower. Because why? All power and authority has been given to us. Satan and his minions or demons, yes, they have power. But without authority, your power means nothing, right? And we have been given all power, all authority, so we can stand. Without that, we couldn't stand. Is that making sense? So what does the gospel of peace have to do with our shoes? Let's flip over to uh, Romans Ha ha, we're going to go to a new book here. <laughs> All right, Romans, and we're going to go to uh, chapter 10. We're going to go to verse uh, 14 through 15. And it says, How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear? without someone preaching to them. And keep the question in mind, what does the gospel of peace have to do with shoes? Okay, so let's go to 15 now. And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? Interesting. As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Bam! Boom shakalaka! So what does the gospel of peace have to do with shoes? Hello, I'm Lou Engel with Jenny Donnelly. We're involved in one of the great stories we believe in prayer and standing that can shift America. We're standing right here where the Supreme Court is at last year, Roe v. Wade fell. We believe it was a sign that God is not done. God can still turn a nation back to God. It was in 2014 that literally we were in a gathering praying about something that would take place in DC and a woman shared her story and it erupted into a prophetic explosion and that was there is coming a million women they're going to go to the mall in DC 
and they will pray like Jeremiah 9, weeping for their children, and they will save their nation, and it will be the last stand for America. If it's our last stand, we need to take this soberly. Then in 2017, butchers rose up to curse President Trump. I'm not talking about the man. You've got to ask the question, why would witches curse President Trump? I believe God gave this man to America, not because of his character, but because he would stand and give us three judges that would end Roe v. Wade. I wonder what that meant to the spirit realm. I went up to the mountains in Estes Park to seek God. What do you want me to do about this? Do you want me to do anything? And I had a dream. And in this dream, as far as I could see, women were coming from everywhere. Teenagers, young, old, and they were coming to hear the book of Esther taught. It seemed like I was watching a revival. I was the only man there, which now I know. I was holding an old Bible. It was a calling of Mordecai to call this Esther revival, this Esther movement, of thousands and thousands that would come to D.C. They would take a stand. And in the dream, a woman stood up and she says, and these two words in the book of Esther actually mean Nazgul. I exploded out of the dream, instantly knowing what it meant because I watched the third part of the Lord of the Rings where the Nazgul witch king was destroying the armies of men and the king's daughter takes off her helmet, lets her hair down and says, I am no man. I am convinced, the Lord says, I am going to raise up a million women and Esther movement with thousands and millions of Mordecais who will call forth their women for such a time as this to save a nation. We are in the days of Esther and I was sovereignly brought together in a divine connection with Jenny Donnelly who had her same word about a million women gathering to pray and change a nation. I am glad to be with an Esther today and I'm glad to be standing as a Mordecai to call this massive gathering in October 2024 on the Mall in D.C. Well, it was right before you and I were divinely connected that my daughter Esther, in 2022, she was 14 years old, and she had this incredible dream, and she told me about it. She said, Mom, polar bears, koala bears, grizzly bears, brown bears, panda bears were coming from all over the globe meeting in America. And she stood in amazement and said, Mom, I saw these mama bears and their cubs. It was amazing. And the Lord said, pay attention. My Esther just had a dream. I asked God what this meant. And he simply said, I'm raising up mama bears from all over the world to gather in one place in America to raise up and protect her cubs. Our young are under attack. I believe that God wants women from many nations, all nations, to pray, to fast, and to stand for the saving of their children, for the saving of our nation. Laws are being proposed in some states right now that would legalize kidnapping of minors who have parents who do not affirm the desire they have to change their gender. Your neighborhood schools are most likely full right now of pornographic books disguised as innocent learning. There's never been a more urgent need than now for mama bears to rise up. And so we're believing for a million Esthers to stand on this mall together with their Mordecais, their sons and their daughters, to cry out to God, save our children, save our children. We believe on the Day of Atonement, October 12th, we're believing for that day that this nation will come together and plead the blood of Jesus, that God, it would be applied to the doorposts of our families and our national guilt, and God may give us a new day for revival and reformation. It's time for such a time as this. Can a nation be saved in a day? Yes, on the Day of Atonement.
Well, we are the ones who bring good news. And it was so interesting today. I was on uh, social media and I began to just think, and I was reading a lot of people's comments today and it had dawned on me. There was a lot of attacks on different religions, attacks on, excuse me, on, on Christians, Catholics, everything. And it hit me. I was like, well, wait a minute. We have the struggle with the verse, judge not lest you be judged. And I began reading everybody's comments and I was like, okay, wait, we have it all wrong, church. See, Christians, we are not supposed to judge the world. God will do that himself and is doing that himself. But Christians are commanded to bring the gospel to the world. And here it is today as we were sitting down and recording this session. I was like, bam, thank you, Lord. I was right on track. We are charged with bringing the gospel to the world and let God judge the world, the nations. We, however, are supposed to correct each other in brotherly love. And so it was just interesting for me just to put that all together and then see the study that we are doing today. And it was like, wow, okay, I'm on track, Lord, for seeing this in this week's study on the gospel of peace. And what I presented today as I was looking on social media, I knew that I was on target. And so that is why the gospel of peace is so very important to our shoes because we are told to go out into all nations to preach the good news. See, God's church, we are we're sent to announce, announce this good news of God's kingdom, right? Which will spread his way of peace around the whole world. Having our shoes on, we're ready to move, to spread these this glad tidings, if you want to call it, or the good news, the gospel of the kingdom, the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, all of those ones that we looked at in those scripture references. In, in Paul's day, he walked countless miles in delivering the good news, even to the point where all of the disciples and his friends were even saying, Look, bro, you can't go to Jerusalem. They'll lock you up. But Paul still went and he walked. We didn't have, you know, these SUVs where he could get up, jump in the car and just go. Transportation and communication has changed since then. There was letters that were delivered by sending people miles and miles to get the message across. And how did they get there? Shoes. But we must also be constantly ready to do our part to spread this good news in spite of all human attempts at peace to stop it. Look where we are today. There's division and chaos out there in the political realm and social media. It's all chaos. And it's clear from the daily news reports that this world 
does not know the road to peace. And why don't they know? It's because of the believers, the church. The church has decided to not put on these shoes and take the gospel for fear of being threatened, for fear of being attacked, for fear of being silenced, for fear of our homes being taken away, for, for fear of, and you fill in the blank. We have the fear, even though the Lord told us, do not fear, 365 times in the word of God. Paul did it and was told, you could lose your life. And he said, to lose my life is to gain it an eternity with the Father. So let's look at 1 John um, chapter 2. 1 John is all the way towards the end. Um, and it's chapter 2. You have 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, Jude and Revelations. <laughs> all right. So 1 John um, chapter 2, verse 6. It says, whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. You know, there came a time when Jesus put down the tools at his dad's carpenter shop and had to go about his father's business. And it is, it is said that he did it until the age of, what, 33, 34 years old? Can you imagine? I mean, if you are older than 33, 34 years old as a man listening to this podcast, look how much longer you have lived since the physical body of Jesus had died. His ministry wasn't long, but when he was out there, how did he travel? Was he carried by his disciples? Was he, was, did he travel on donkeys to get to and from places? Did he travel on the ships? Sometimes he did. But most of the time, he was traveling by foot to get to and from places. And it just goes to show you, the shoes of the gospel of peace are necessary to win the spiritual war that we are in. So now let me ask you this question. How do these spiritual shoes help us stand firm? Well, let's look up some scripture, right? As always, going to look up some scripture to find our answers because our answers are always in the word of God, not the person at the other end of this podcast. Sure, I can sit here and share the scriptures with you and be the tool for the Lord to give you those scriptures. But God says we have to seek them out ourselves. And so here I am as the busy believer we're going to take a commercial break, and we'll be right back after this. A community of like-minded people ready to support you when you need it most? Christian Healthcare Ministries is an organization with over 40 years of trusted care who understands the importance of family. A group that sees you for who you are, regardless of your health history, offering affordable healthcare cost solutions that could save you up to 40% on your healthcare costs. Learn more today at yourchm.org about healthcare that puts you in control. 
Okay, so how do these spiritual shoes help us stand firm? All right, so we're going to take a look at John 14, verse 27. And if you are there already, great. It says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. See, the sandals of the Roman soldier, they were often fitted with nails or armed with spikes to make the hold firm in the ground. God's good news and our mission or our marching orders to preach it and serve as our firm foundation. When we truly allow ourselves to take comfort in the good news promised by the Lord, then for us as the believers, there's nothing from the outside that can comfort in the good news promised by God, right? There, there's, there's nothing from the outside ourselves that could trouble our hearts or give us reason to be afraid. That's why God told us, fear not, 365 times. Look at Paul. Paul, didn't ha- Paul had no fear and went about his father's business. We have to remember that as we go out and become bold disciples of Christ, that Christ overcame the world as he speaks in John 16:33. And so we have nothing to fear from it. Fear comes from the enemy. Fear is the opposite of faith. Let's take a look now in Luke 10:19 about how our shoes allow us to walk on painful terrain. We're going to go to Luke 10 and let's look up uh, verse 19 because it's hard to get back up when we have pain in our lives we've all been there many of us have been there and pain just doesn't go away because we become Christians we still deal with pain it's a part of life all right so let's look at verse 19 and it says I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rather rejoice that your names are written in heaven. See, we're going to go through painful terrain throughout life. But we have to go through it without fear so that the preparation of that gospel of peace, it allows us to to travel the otherwise painful trials and tribulations that come throughout life without the fear. See, it's knowing that what awaits us is greater than anything we could possibly suffer in this world. How do I know? Let's go over to Romans into chapter 8. 
And this is what I really love about this study because it allowed me to really dig into the word, to do this study for you guys. This was a study that was requested by a listener of mine that wanted to go over the armor of God and, um, and just really find out what does it mean. And it's been a blessing for me. And I know for her, it's been a blessing to really understand and dive deep into this. And so we're going to go to verse uh, 18. And uh, so I hope that you guys are getting getting this as much as I am studying it myself, what each piece means and why it's important for us to wear it and the purpose of it. All right. Romans 8, 18. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will, will be revealed in us. So see, Paul is saying that no matter what he was going through, none of, all the suffering, all the beating, all the running for his life because the Roman soldiers were after him, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, they were all after him because he turned his back on them once he found out the true meaning of the gospel. Why he was told to persecute the Christians and he understood the deeper message and he himself became a Christian. And he says that, to go through the present suffering are not even worth comparing with the fact that once our eyes close and we die, our heartbeat stops, no matter how we die, it will be that quick moment that we are actually in front of the Father and see him face to face and be able to go, you're the one that was speaking to my heart, speaking in my ear throughout my life and to finally see him face to face for once and that's what takes away the fear it's knowing that peace that passes all understanding why do we have that peace right there in the face of death right there in the face of the enemy all right well the bible makes it it makes it clear that when god's kingdom is established and the entire world begins to live God's way faithfully, which we're not doing right now. The world is in a mass chaos. Right is wrong, right, uh, and and right is wrong, and and wrong is right. I had to I had to go back, <laughs> you know. And we have the the transgender community, and we have uh, you know crime after crime after crime. We have the, the Biden scandal. All of it kind of seems like we're in the end times, huh? But the Lord talks about the end times in Matthew 24. He talks about the end times in Jeremiah. He says all these things will happen. And these are the beginning of the birth pains. But the time of the end is not yet near. There's more to come. And if we think that it is horrible now, this is nothing. This is nothing compared to what will happen when the Antichrist actually puts in and steps into the abomination of desecration at the temple. Then it really is an all hell break loose. It really is 
wicked, wicked times. And so take heart. Learn to put the armor of God on now. Why you still have the time now to learn and study what each piece means, to study the importance of what each piece does. You know, as a soldier, when we were in, there was that downtime where we got to take a break. And sometimes, depending on the area that we were in, we were not allowed to even take some of the armor off. We were not allowed to take our flak vest off. And if you listen to our study last week where we talked about the breastplate of righteousness, I talked about the flak vest that the military wore. So if you want to know about that, look at last week and the breastplate of righteousness, and it will tell you what the breastplate and that flak vest meant. And it is actually learning that all of that armor that we put on is for a reason, guys. We don't wrestle against man out there. Although it, it seems like it, yes, it seems like we deal with the ugliness, the hate, the spewing of, of such profanities at the Christian believer. But that's why we have the breastplate of righteousness on. That's why we have the helmet of salvation on. That's why we have the belt of truth on. It bounces off of us. It goes right back on them in actual, actuality. You know, trust the Lord in everything. Live your life as if it was the very last day of your life. Live it to the full extent of pleasing the Lord. Put on your shoes, the gospel of peace, and take it to work. And you say, well, you know, hey, we can't talk about the Lord at work. We can't talk about this. Uh, you know, it's the separation of church and state. No. You know what the separation of church and state, and I know I'm totally getting off subject right now, but I just have to get this off my shoulder. I saw it today in social media, and I was like, are you serious? Separation of church and state was to keep the state out of the church's business. They could not come in. And look where we are now. Churches are jumping on this 501c3 thing like it's like like a woman going crazy over coupons. And yes, I've seen the show when they hog all the coupons and they get about $500 worth of groceries for 20 bucks. I've seen them. <laughs> so I know what it means hogging all those coupons. And so it, it, it's exactly like that. But see, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes to the Father except through Jesus. Now, yes, we shouldn't shove the gospel down their throat. It's by living the life that Jesus has called you to live. Let your light so shine before men that they will see the Father. They will glorify the Father. Remember the old song? Hide it under a bush. Oh, no, I'm going to let it shine. Remember the old song? I mean, we sang it as kids. But what do we do now? Oh, no. No, no, I'm not a Christian. No, no, it's none of my business. No, no, I'll just stay over here. Don't get involved. Don't speak up. I'll be hated all over social media. Don't speak up. 
You know, I walked out of a Panda Express restaurant one night. Yes, I went to Panda. <laughs> I was hungry. It was the closest thing. I didn't want McDonald's. Hey, guys, it was either McDonald's or Panda Express. Which one, right? <laughs> so I walked out of the door, and there was these three teenage girls. All of them were just such cute girls. But they walked in with these Daisy Duke shorts on, unbuttoned, unzipped. They had their bikinis on, walking into the restaurant that they they have had to have known that it was a bunch of guys working in there. I mean, there was no female staff on that team that night. And they walked in there dressed like that. And when I came out, one of the girls was doing the twerk at the other girls, laughing and joking. And when I walked out, I just stood there. I actually just stood there. I froze up. I just stood. And she looked at me and got embarrassed. And she was like, oh, and huh? And I looked at her and I said, you know what? I wanted to say, how disgusting is that? But I think the Lord actually went, nope, you are not saying that. You are saying this. And I looked at her and I said, you know what? You are so cute. And to do that totally disrespects yourself. And she looked at me and just kind of smiled like she was embarrassed. And she just said, oh, thank you. And she grabbed her friends and they ran into the restaurant. You know, stuff like that. It doesn't have to be you heathen, you sinner, you whore, you, you know. Pro it is giving them something to where they will think about that. And she will. She will think about that every morning as she puts on her makeup, as she looks at herself, as she's trying to dress. That somebody actually said, I am beautiful. The world has distorted the views of what beauty is. And it is the believers that we need to stand up. We need to be a fierce church that faces the enemy that we, through Christ, can only tear down. We have a fearful world out there right now. We have no protection. The military is woke. And isn't it funny? Kim Clement even prophesied that. That they will say, we have no protection. What are we to do? And yet here we are saying it. It was prophesied. We would say it. It's all over the place. People are in fear because of lack of protection. People are in fear because of what China is getting ready to do. And where is the church? Where are the pastors? Where are the true godly pastors that are saying enough is enough? We must rise. Our church will rise. We are going to speak against this. Well, I've been noticing some churches rising up. And those are the ones that I'm watching. Those are the ones that I'm looking to going, wow, yes, let's do this. I'm on board. Let's go. I can care less what somebody thinks of me on social media. These little bully keyboard warriors in there. I can care less. Kind of like 
we can go back to the childish comment of sticks and stones might break my bones, but names will never hurt me. It, it is so pathetic what they bring because I know who I am through Christ. I know I'm a daughter of the King. I know that I'm more than a conqueror through Christ. I know I'm, I'm an heir of the kingdom. I'm the daughter of Jesus. So they can say all they want because you know what? They hated Jesus first, and so they will hate me. So what have I lost? What have I gained? Absolutely nothing. But I've gained eternity in heaven. So don't worry about what this world will say. Don't worry about what this world will think of you. Put on your shoes. Put on the belt of truth. Put on the breastplate of righteousness. Put on the helmet of salvation. And let's rock and roll. And with that, remember, fear not. For I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. Isaiah 43.1. Have a blessed day, everybody. Peace out. Well, hey, thank you for listening to The Graceful Warrior, the podcast where we explore the journey in life with God through grace and grit. And I hope you enjoyed this episode and actually found something valuable from it. And if you did, please leave me a review and share this podcast with your friends. You can also follow me on social media and visit my website for more content. And remember always that you are his battle axe and sword, says the Lord. With you, I will shatter nations and destroy many kingdoms. Jeremiah 51.20 And until next time, have a blessed week.